Good evening and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the review through, and I am your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlin. Well, it's week 13, unlucky for some on the crew. Um, but we're going to do our best and have a review of all things NFL. Now, remember, folks, you can like, subscribe, follow the crew on X, Instagram, Twitch, Threads, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a follow, uh, and help to grow the community. Get in touch. Now, as always, I am joined by three of the finest crew members. It's becoming a, it's becoming a regular panel at this point. Um, now, right now, traditionally, we don't equate being able to do Victory Monday with being on the bye. However, I'm going to say Gav feels like this is Victory Monday. Uh, how are you doing, Gav? I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I think uh, yeah, the, the big game for me uh, this week's uh, fantasy, uh, where half my team uh, seemed to be in a buy and I'm still winning. So uh, yeah, uh, on something of a streak yeah, at the moment. Feel that confidence, there, guys. <laughs> oh, both the team on the buy, irrelevant. Victory, victory, victory. It's it's that it's that type of a uh, fantasy overlordship. I actually think that. This week, you may climb to the lofty heights of I number one in the Gridiron Crew League, mate. I think it's looking that way. I still uh, depends if Joe Mixon has the, the game of the year. Uh, well, what, tonight, but we'll what, see. What, <laughs> listen, unfortunately, it's not going to happen because we both know that Jamal Chase... Did you know, actually? Oh. Oh, no, sorry, never mind. Uh, I was going to say Jamal Chase only has to outscore Travis Etienne by three, but he has to outscore a combination of Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence by three. Uh, which, yeah, hey, it's possible. All we need is Joel Browning to, or John Browning, or whatever the Bengals quarterback's currently called, to figure out what throwing a ball looks like. Anyway, moving on. Uh, now, speaking of Victory Monday, uh, th- this has to be the happiest man in the crew today. He is the vanquisher. Of the mighty hosts of the um, Arrowhead Invitational, which we'll wait and see if they get invited to it this year. It is <laughs> Liam. How are you doing, mate? Oh, never better. What, what, a, what a Monday morning to wake up to. I imagine you floated out of bed this morning, Liam. It, it was it was a very nice, relaxing morning before before work started. It was nice, chilled. You know, life was good. Nothing, nothing to worry about. Just, just wakes up to the. Chorus of cheese. I'll be honest, it's kind of moments like this when I wish your team had a better nickname than Cheeseheads, mate. Give me, give me something, <laughs> something to work with. But um, yes, it was a hell of a game. We're going to get on to talk about it later, so I am not going to step on the toes of that one now. And then, it's been for weeks a case of wait, we do just enough. We do our best. We do just enough. Well, your best wasn't good enough this time, Kev. Just enough wasn't enough to get you over the line. Now, Kev has taken out shells in a, you know, the hanky companies to mop away all of his seals after his weekend performance. How are you doing, Kev? You can treat it like therapy, mate. It's fine. Oh, I'm all right, Brian. I'm okay, thanks, mate. I mean, <clears throat> I've enjoyed coming on here all season and gloating after another win and another win and another win. 
So it's only fair that I come on here and talk about it when we get the tables turned and well and truly gubbed. <laughs> Table turned? They turned the other way and they come back to themselves. <laughs> but, you know, it must be said, it must be said. Well done, mate, because, mate, a lesser man, a lesser man would come up with some excuse to not be on the pod this week. But you are not, you are not that man. You are taking your lumps, you take your licks, uh, yeah. because, of course, I am making you review that game. Uh, I know. I, I did try my best, mate. I just couldn't come up with one, you know. Um. <laughs> right. Okay, guys. Um, we are going to get moving. We're going to get started with a pick of question of the week. Um, now, as most folks will probably be aware of, this weekend uh, it was my cause, my cleats, uh, which is a, an amazing initiative um, that the NFL players do, where they will wear custom cleats that represent a, a charitable organization or kind of foundations and things like this. It is good causes that make a lot of money out of these players, the work that they do, the the My Cause My Cleats kind of campaign in general and so on. And it represents charities that, that cover basically everything. A lot of the charities are well established that the players just kind of really buy into and it resonates with them. And a lot of players around the league have set up their own foundations and their own charitable organisations to kind of go for causes that are close to their hearts. So, with that being the theme, and to start with quite a nice kickoff question this week, my question to you guys is if you were in the position to have a cause for your own cleats, what cause would you choose? What charitable organisations get that wee, that wee special place in your heart and they can get a wee, a wee shout out, a wee nod uh, for the crew on here? as I'm sure that'll make... Well, recognition's actually good. I was about to be sassy there, I'm not going to lie. The recognition's always good. Um, Kev, we'll give you something nice to talk about because you're not going to have many nice things to talk about tonight. Um, what would be what would be your cause for your cleats, mate? Do you know, it's, it's so difficult. Um, I've been racking my brains about it since you, since you gave us a heads up earlier. Um, there's so many like, really worthy charities about um, and quite a lot of them um, or most of them, to be fair, uh, I, I think do a tremendous job, and it's kind of hard to choose. But in the past, um, I've raised money for the dementia ward um, in a local hospital uh, who cared for my nana uh, for a while while she had dementia. Um, so I, th- I, I think I would probably um, stick to that um, and raise money for them because it's such a hard, a hard thing for families to deal with, and they do an amazing job. So um, yeah, I, w- I would go there. That's that's, that's fantastic. That's, it's obviously something that's a very challenging time, but it's very it's touching to know that there's those organisations out there that, that really do do a huge amount for, for not only the patients that they, they take into their care, but families and and loved ones of the people that are in their care as well, which is is, is lovely. Um, Gav, what about yourself, sir? What would your your cause for your cleats be? Yeah, thanks, Brian. So I think I think Kev summed it up nicely. I mean, there's there's so many. Um, I think that you you could talk to, but I I think for me, um, it'd probably be um mental health. So I think that's something that um, it's I think it's getting a great deal of awareness and focus. Uh, I think generally, but you're maybe not hearing that much about it in sport and particularly U.S. sports now. Again, I think that's because there's a lot of airspace going to other very worthy causes but that's maybe an interesting one that's something the the nfl hasn't really gone close to uh in recent times so that's that's maybe the one that i'd be going after yeah and again obviously something that 
and, and just the kind of the British um, kind of public sphere to, to look at it is massive, as it should be. Um, you know, I mean, it's massive. Um, and again, these a lot of these. It's always an interesting one. Somebody that that works in education. I see a lot of people saying, you know, oh well, everybody seems to have some form of mental health condition these days, and you know, back in my day and all the rest of it. Yeah, well, that's just because we are getting so much better as a society at understanding that that all of these mental health conditions that are out there, they're, they're serious medical conditions, and there's lots of groups and lots of charities out there that, that strive to really help people um, who are who are having a variety of kind of struggles or things that they're trying to work their way through. And yeah, again, another brilliant one, but all these kind of groups are in need of as much support as they can get. Liam, exactly. what about yourself, mate? To, to, well, I'll have a wee bash of mine as well, but to, to round off a bit for a minute. Well, yeah, well, just firstly, I suppose, on the note of Gav and the mental health charities, I think it's a good, it can only get better for mental health the more we talk about it, the better it can get, I think. So definitely that's one of them. But the other one I kind of was going to touch on was the Marie Curie charity. I think they do phenomenal work um, with the end, you know, end of life for, for the patients and the work they do and then and also for the families that are involved I think I've kind of had a wee bit of experience of that from the, the, the nurses so it's definitely it's invaluable the support I think they give and the, the, that extra support all the way through the kind of journey, journey that the, the, the patients have, the families have throughout that kind of period so yeah Yeah, another, another fan Fantastic organisation. I, I share your experience um, with, with Marie Curie. I would, I would remember remember back to when my, my papa uh, was was to, towards the, the end of his days and he was in with the hospice and with them. And yeah, the care that they gave, very similar to what we were saying about uh, Kevin, the dementia world, not just to the the patients themselves, who receive a fantastic level of care from them, treated with, with such dignity and such respect, uh, but the families as well and, and the, the care and whatnot that they get. Uh, the one for me, uh, I suppose, is uh, a wee bit of a of an obvious one for those that know some of my some of my history. Uh, I spent uh, seven years uh, as a, a member uh, of the RNLI. Uh, I spent a long time uh, out in the lifeboats uh, to the point I was a I was a, I was a helmsman with one of them as well, which was fantastic, a, a great experience for me, um, and fantastic organisation uh, to be a part of, and just the being that kind of emergency service that is one that the UK for an island nation doesn't have is a, an emergency service that goes out in the water uh, to help people when, when they're struggling uh, and when they get themselves into some tricky situations. It's something that, again, that it's uh, funded entirely by by donations and by uh, bequeathments and all this type of stuff. So, yeah, that, that would be mine. So, folks, before we move on, this is just one where it is it's something to remember, particularly this time of year, um, when it's the build-up to Christmas and we're all just aware of the sense of giving and all the rest of it, supporting charities, supporting causes uh, that are that are close to your heart is always a, a really good way to, to try and spend some of your time um, and some of your hard earned if you're in that position. Right, okay, that's been, that's been all deep and meaningful, guys. It's not like us. Um, so we're, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to go for being really nice and really respectful and talking about really proper stuff and like charities and stuff to instead moving swiftly on and about how crap Kev's team is. Uh, and about how they went from being the unquestionable juggernaut of the NFL right up until they came up against the uh, the immovable object of the, the, as it appeared, incredible San Francisco 49ers. Now, as I said earlier, Kev, we're going to treat this like it's therapy. Man. It's okay. This is a safe space. You can tell us all about the game and you can relive the worst weekend your team's had Actually, no, it's not the worst weekend your team's had all year. But one of the worst weekends your team's had all year. There was only two bad ones. 
Right. <clears throat> well, um, we'll start off by saying that San Francisco were one touchdown away from living up to their name, um, which yeah, it wasn't wasn't fun to watch from a, from an Eagles perspective. But um, I mean, <clears throat> looking, at, I, I've I've been trying to make sense of it all day, to be honest. Um, looking back, it looked like we started pretty well. Um, you know, the first two possessions. We just we just couldn't get into the end zone. Took our took our three points, um, moved on, and you know it looked by all accounts like we were we were up for it on both sides of the ball. Um, although the the offense couldn't get into the end zone, they, you know they drove down the field twice. looked looked pretty decent, um, but San Francisco you know dug real deep and and stopped us when they had to. Um, you know kept us to three points both times. Um, and their first two possessions, you know, I think they went for negative yards in the first possession, uh, maybe a couple of yards in the second possession, um, um, and both three and outs, and, and it looked like it was going great. But there's only so long you can keep all those great players quiet. Um, and, you know, our inability to get into the end zone in the first half um, came back to, to bite us. Um, in a big way, so, uh, second half, um, San Francisco just switched it on. Um, like I said, so many weapons, everything just seemed to go right for them. Um, you know, the, the big difference for me was that although we were getting up the field um, in, in that first quarter particularly, we didn't really run the ball. Um, and that's where it all kind of fell apart for us because in the, I think the whole game, um, Jalen Hurts um, was our best rusher. Um, and even then, I think he only had about 20 yards or something like that. Um, so that's that's nowhere near good enough to win a game at that level. Um, and looking back at the, you know, the big, big wins that we've had over uh, the last few weeks, um, the Chiefs and the Bills, um, DeAndre Swift, uh, managed to make big gains at, at, at crucial times, and we just didn't have that. The San Francisco defense just just shut us down, um, you know, uh, in a running game. Didn't let us run the ball, um, and that's putting a lot of pressure on your um, your quarterback to um, to keep you know chucking passes up the field, um, and it just kind of fell apart. Obviously, Hurts got injured for a period of time in the second half as well. He went away. He took a big hit. Looked like he might have been concussed, um, and came back. Um, but yeah, San Francisco just just got rolling, and we had no answer. Um, you know, if they weren't if they weren't running the ball through CMC, um, then you know they were throwing it to Debo to Ayuk. Debo was getting involved in the running game. You know, there was there was players getting left wide open because we were you know so concerned about those big weapons trying to double up um, and for me what one of the big differences one of the key differences um, in the two teams as well was the Niners had George Kittle um, mm-hmm. they had you know uh, Kittle who made some big plays and was just a, um, a great target for them when you know we were trying to keep it tight and trying to get the stop um, and we we don't obviously have um, our tight end available right now. Um, Goddard's still coming back for his broken arm. So, 
so yeah, uh, you know that was one less option that you had open to us. Um, and when you're not running the ball, you don't have a tight end. Um, you know, uh, a defense like San Francisco is going to find it easy to um, to stop you. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we did make some good plays. Um, you know, AJ uh, Devontae Smith um, did did make some good plays at times, but it just wasn't enough. Um, like I said, still still trying to make sense of it in my head because see when you look when you look initially at the passing stats, I think we uh, we passed for you know something just around about the three hundred yard marks. Uh, I think it wasn't um, it wasn't that much shy what San Francisco threw the ball, um, but then obviously they had um, tons of rushing yards to to add on top of that, and and when when it really mattered, I think they they. They've done exactly what I talked about the Eagles doing last week against uh, the Bills. Uh, big moments, they make big plays. Um, you know, it, it's one thing moving the ball up and down the field, but um, you've got to get it into that end zone, or you've got to make the stop and stop. You know, stop the other team from getting in there. Um, and it just seemed like all the big plays. You know, when it mattered, uh, went San Francisco's way. Um, and I think I mentioned about like hoping not to see the Bills in the off season. Um, I certainly hope that <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope that we don't meet uh, the Niners um, in the off season this year. Um, I'm hoping that we that we manage to get it together. We've still got another tough game next week before a slightly easier run in. So I'm hoping we can kind of get it together um, and, and hold on to that top spot um, and and hopefully. By the time we get to the the championship game, somebody else has took care of the Niners for us. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just note that lists of teams Kev wants to see in the playoffs: the New York Jets. No, not them. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no Jets. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. <laughs> right, done, done. We'll make we'll make arrangements. We'll make it call. Now it, it's it's an interesting one. So okay, so this is the well, one of the the big points for me. See see what you you boys think about this. So much has been made about MVP race, all this type of stuff um, all year, and we can sit and we can argue about. Should we really be seeing a non-QB MVP this year and all the rest? I think we've, we've talked about that one on all pods. Hurts has been in about it. Hurts has been in about the conversations. He's a quarterback of the Eagles. Yeah, he's not having a vintage season by, by anybody's reckoning, I don't think. But he is the quarterback of a wildly successful football team. Thus, he is in the conversation. Last night, he was, you know, I didn't actually realise, relatively speaking, kind of how poor some elements of his game last night were. Um, so, you know, when he went 26 or 45 for just call, call it 300 yards, 298 yards, one touchdown, no picks. And yeah, you, you kind of expect more, you know, QBR of 40.4, uh, decent passer rating, 85, 85.2 passer rating. So that's that's not bad. Uh, and then, yeah, you chuck in 20 rushing yards in a, in a, in a touchdown uh, on his feet. But you compare that to Mr. Relevant, to Mr. Purdy. 19 for 27, 314 yards, four touchdowns, QBR of 82.1, and a passer rating of 148.4. Now, should we really be having the MVP chat about Brock Purdy? Is that something we should be that should be entering this conversation? What do we think, boys? We've just, we've just seen them. We've just seen a Brock Purdy-led offense put up. Four passing touchdowns, 
over 300 yards passing on what has been pretty stout Eagles defence for most of the year. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely. Um, and you, you know what it's like, the, the conversation always seems to hinge on, you know, uh, records at the end of the year, who's winning playoff matches. But, you know, we, you, you questioned when they were going through their rough spell, uh, you know, losing a few games, you you. you Asked about Purdy then, and you said, you know, system quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And I said at that time, um, you know, he's a hell of a good quarterback, but, you know, it all depends on the, the team that you've got around you. Um, and he's got one hell of a team around him. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't change the fact that um, what he's doing there is mighty impressive. Um, and I would say that. Yeah, if if the Niners go all the way to the Super Bowl, then he's absolutely going to be in the, the conversation. Right, so I'll tell you what, Gav, here's the one. So Kev's kind of led me to, my, to another wee question on this game then. Much is made of the 49ers, but I make much of the fact that the, 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 it's the Avengers. Like, you know, when you heard this, this line about them before, it's this team of superheroes. I mean, you're sat there, <laughs> you've got, right, you've got Mr. Irrelevant, you've got Mr. Nobody at quarterback, right, fine, okay. All they've done is turn that into bank to then put CMC, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk all on the same team or all on the same offense. That's not even touching on some of the pieces that they've got on uh, on the other side of the ball. So is this a case where it's a team game at the end of the day and the Niners just have a hair of a team behind them? Or as we did see throughout the kind of the, the sticky patches Kev alludes to, you take one of the Avengers away, you remove Iron Man, and it all falls apart. They certainly seem to be much less resilient to losing a player. I mean, it's one of the things that we always say with the NFL. End of the day, injuries happen and it's next man up. When the Niners went through a spate of losing players, they stopped stepping up. Are, are they the real deal... In, in general, or are they the real deal when they're all fit and healthy only? What do we think? I think if we're looking at this over the, the longer term, though, you've got to think about how how the Niners came to this point in the first place. You know, they, they had so many players dropping out last season for us to even get to Brock Purdy that it was an, an X-man-up situation because they had all these other pieces around them. Um, so I, th- I think for me, um, I mean, I, I do think they are the real deal. There's, I mean, there's no denying they, they definitely had a, a mid-season slump with that three-game, uh, three-game losing streak. Um, but to me, uh, yeah, I, I think that the Niners are a team that, okay, you take one of these big pieces out, maybe they're not no longer your Super Bowl favourites. But I, I would still think, you know, if they have a big injury. It wouldn't shock me to see still see them in the NFC Championship game. That's such a deep roster. What if that injury is CMC? Well, Mitchell came in, did all right when he went out with it. Yeah, I think did CMC not go out with a wee bit hand injury a wee bit and see Mitchell came in for a couple of snaps and I think had a eleven ah, yard run or something like that. So yeah, it's not bad. I know. But then I think thing CMC I... had run all over the top is by then, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think there was much resistance by the time Mitchell came in. The other, the other thing though, I think kind of Kev alluded to was like the start of the game. The the Niners went uh, three and out the first two drives, and then Shanahan, being Shanahan, just made some made some adjustments and and off they went, sort of thing. So like that, okay, they've got the 
the Avengers, if you want to call it the Avengers, but they've got Shanahan as well, can just make make clever adjustments when he needs to. Um, and obviously he's known for always scheming up of everything, so uh, it's not half bad to have as your as your commander in chief. Ah, Shana, Shanahan's clearly Nick Fury, right? This is it. We're making a film. <laughs> making a film with this. Samuel L. Jackson is playing Shanahan with the eye patch. Um, is, right, but then, so there's there's the question. So if you're right, excluding quarterbacks, because quarterbacks are a whole other thing, and we know if you if a team loses QB one, it's it's disastrous, and that doesn't matter what team it is. Um, in general, if you took away, could you name one piece on offense for the Eagles that if you removed that one piece, the whole team? So I reckon if you I reckon if the Niners lost CMC for the protracted period of time, let's say CMC gets a like Jonathan Taylor. Picks up a hand injury, he's out for three, four weeks. I would say that's enough that the Niners potentially don't win a game in that three, four week spell. Depends on your opponents, blah, 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 blah. We know that. If they were playing top caliber opponents, playoff football, I would see the Niners going out straight away if they lost CMC. They lose CMC first couple of snaps of the first game of the playoffs. I could see them losing it. Do that's the interesting. have that player? I don't know. Um, we'll get to that in a wee second. It's interesting that you say that, though, Brian, because um, <clears throat> the Niners' record this year, um, playing against opposition with winning records, um, is five and zero. That three that three game slump that they had was against lesser opposition. Um, I beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> the game was started by the seven and five Cleveland Browns, I think you'll find. Yeah, seven and five now. I don't think you were seven and five then, but never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I I think uh, it's interesting that even against leper, lesser opposition, they, they they struggled a bit. Um, you know, and what that was down to, it's difficult to say. But was it because you know they had one um, either either stars out and it doesn't just quite work the same? But for us, I'd, I I would say that pro- possibly AJ. Um, if AJ Brown wasn't there, then we may struggle. Um, I know, obviously, you know we've got a few other options at wide receiver, and Devontae Smith's proven to be um, a great asset. You know. As, as I said, they had they had some uh, great catches and runs um, in the game last night. Um, so maybe he could step up. And obviously, we've got Julio in there just now, um, who's not doing much. So he could maybe take on a bigger role. I just I don't think I don't think it would be <clears throat> as big a you know as big a, um, a blow for us to lose AJ as it would for the Niners to lose CMC. But I would possibly say that. I don't think there's a single player in the league um, that would be a bigger loss to their team than CMC um, would be to the to the Niners just because of how utterly um, incredible uh, CMC is. Um, you know what what he's doing this season in terms of touchdowns, um, running, catching, everything. Like um, he's 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 just a special player so it you know it's it's inevitable whoever whoever's got that player in their team are going to miss him when he's not there yeah to be fair for full clarity cmc is currently sat on for the name of rounding let's call it 1500 scrimmage yards already this year um and then what 15 touchdowns already <laughs> it's only been 13 
through week 13. Yeah, it's just it's just bananas, isn't it? It's like he's scoring more touchdowns than, than some teams in the league are, are scoring just himself. So, uh, you know, so when I'm saying I'm when I'm saying I'm removing one piece, I'm removing like that one player that probably does stand a chance of being the non QB that wins MVP. But still, uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to put some shine on your Eagles here, Kev. Try to put some shine on it for you, mate. I'm I appreciate you. Try, I appreciate you trying to get my hopes up. Um, you know, rebuild my confidence. But um, well, you know what? Moving <laughs> for somebody, somebody who needs their confidence rebuilt to to somebody else whose confidence is soaring, soaring high as it can possibly be. It could only be Liam and his mighty and. Victorious Green Bay Packers absolutely toasting Kansas City. Now, as Liam, we already know that you are on Clyde, Cloud Nine, sir, but feel free to spend the next few minutes basking in not only our admiration, but the pure glory of beating the Chiefs. How, how does it feel? Well, well, it's a love story, isn't it? So um, it's Oy! great. Yay! <laughs> right. who, who, who had him working a love pun in in the first line of his match report? Had to Somebody be done. had, had to, to have that in the bingo. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. As we kind of, I suppose, last week alluded to, who who would have thought into this run come this three game winning streak, beating the Chargers, the Lions, and the, the Chiefs when we were sitting before that game, we were sitting. Third and six with the sixth overall pick, I think, at that point in the 2024 draft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, we saw some improvements, but yeah, I would have, I think the odds to, the odds you'd have got for us to go three and on these three games would be unbelievable. So, but it was just, it was just kind of building on the back of last week. We got the opening, opening drive. It was confident, look confident, play action, you know, we're doing lots of movement up, movement on the line. Um, and then we just kind of drove the ball down the field and then another touchdown. And it was, again, so much different from, again, when we were punting in the first half for many a game in the past. <laughs> that I agree. I, uh, that... I, miss, I miss Green Bay's punt. <laughs> they were great fun to interview. But yeah, I don't know. Love just love just now looks, obviously, it's early days still, I think, but you just, compared to what he did earlier, he just looks confident, assured in the pocket now, um, making throws when he needs to make throws. And I suppose it's kind of building on the young, the young kind of wide receiver room as well. They're now starting to run the right routes and all that sort of stuff as well, which obviously helps. Um, but yeah, so but another kind of three touchdown game for Love. No interceptions. We're just, I think it was only about the, the fourth quarter where we kind of started to struggle a bit, moving the ball a wee bit more. But before that, we were, we're moving it with with relative ease, I suppose, if you want to call it that, against the Kansas City defence, which has been their kind of their kind of strong point all season. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of, again, all the players were stepping up. Watson going for seven for 71 and t- two touchdowns. Okay, he's went off of a, another hamstring injury again. I think it's the same hamstring as previous, but anyway. Um, and it was just, I think it was just the kind of creativity as well of um, Matt Lafleur, you know, getting to Again, we're kind of at the start of the season. Kind of what what would the offense look like without Rogers checking checking out of all the all the plays he'd he, he got told um, from the headset, and it's just it just seems to be coming together at the moment. Again, 
whether it will continue, I don't know. Like this is this season, it's going to be up and down. I think it's been down for a bit. It's up now. Can we can we keep it going? Um, who who would have thought we'd be in the seventh seventh spot uh, in in the playoffs now? Well, I was I was, I was, was going to be. I was looking forward to a nice relaxing January, just watching some football. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Well, you've, you've, you've beautifully, beautifully set up a bit, mate, because let's, let's not kid ourselves on here. You're up against the Giants next. Then you've got the Bucks. Then you've got the Panthers. Then you've got a Vikings team that has shown why Dobbs is fallible, as much as there was all the excitement around Josh Dobbs. Um... And then you, you close your year out against an absurdant looking Bears. To be fair, the Bears have looked good the last couple of games, but it's still the Bears. There's still a lot of question marks around that team. There's not a, and no disrespect to any of these teams because at the end of the day, I'm a Browns fan with the Arnold. There's not a good team left on the slate that you're playing. There can't be anybody in that run of five games, bar maybe the Vikings, maybe, that makes you think much other than four wins minimum. Well, I'd like to think so. I think it's I think it is meant to be the easiest five games like schedule or remaining schedule for the for any team in the in the NFL now. Yeah. But I do slightly worry. I think now we've beaten the Chiefs, we're probably going to slip up against the Giants now. I think probably it's got probably typical Packers. <laughs> I think it's maybe it's bad memories from last year when I was down in London watching watching us slip up to the Giants. That's, <laughs> and so, that's, um, yeah, Dan's just sitting there just cracking the old knuckles, yeah. waiting for waiting for Tommy DeVito to finish his cutlets. <laughs> He's coming for you. After oh, the, wow. you know, after coming off the bye. So yeah. But yeah, I think I could you couldn't ask for a better a better running, could you? Again, if we beat, you know, the big games will be obviously Giants next week. I think not not slipping up and losing momentum. But then again, Tampa, and then obviously finally the Vikings. They've beat us early in the year. If we beat them at that point, I think hopefully at that point, other teams will have eliminated themselves a bit more. I think the Rams are up there, but they've got obviously I think they've got a tougher schedule than ours, um, and also the Seahawks as well. Kind of six and six, I think, sitting just behind as well. So it's it's hopeful, but. I would if you I'd have been your hand off to have you this position six and six um after the after the start we had. So in some ways it's kinda of nice position to be in. We've got we don't have any expectations coming into the year. If we get someone out of it, make the playoffs, great. If we don't, okay, it'll be disappointing now. But ultimately, as long as we keep playing reasonably well, I think that's that's all we can really look for, I think, for, for the season. This was always going to be a kind of building year. Um seeing what we had, seeing what we had in love, see what we had in the wide receivers see what our offense could do. So last three weeks great. Just as long as we can keep as long as we can keep it ball rolling, make keep making good plays and, and smart decisions, then I think an ending hopefully in the playoffs, maybe hopefully, obviously, but if we miss out, as long as we're not you know, going back to what we were at the start of the season, uh, with our punt, 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 punt. So sorry, I was just gonna say I think the signs are there that um you know the, the young team that you've got are heading in the right direction anyway, yeah? Yeah, no, yeah, I think, you know, the, the wide receivers are all making plays, like, obviously I know there's Watson obviously making plays, but even, like, uh, Wicks, who we drafted this year, I think in the sixth round, is making some great plays. He like, only had three catches, but he still did 43 yards, making some crucial catches. Reed obviously, has kind of come on, and he's kind of the kind of star of the, the draft for wide receiver-wise, but and the same with our tight ends, I know we lost, um, we lost our main tight end, but obviously, Craft uh, has Come and did a job for us as well. Or another kind of second time we drafted this year, and and Ben Sims got a touchdown, first touchdown. 
undrafted, so we'll yeah. take it. So, well, here's, here's my question, Gav. So you are obviously next up in the slate, fresh off the bye. Mr. Dables had, a, had an extra week to, to scheme and plot the, the end of love. Um, do, do, do you see it happening? Like, is it because, if I turn around, if we were having this conversation a month ago, this would have been a chat of two teams in pretty dire straits, probably just, you know, it'd be tickle fight material that we would have been talking about. But the Packers are looking like they're finding a bit of form, and admittedly so of the G-Men. Now, the G-Men have significantly more question marks around them than the, than the Packers do. But still, and admittedly we're stepping in the, in the preview crew's toes here a wee bit, but um, I, I have an odd feeling it's quite fair to say that uh, G-Men against the Packers isn't going to be game of the week next week. Um, looking ahead, yeah, what do, what do you see as a, as a Giants fan looking at that Packers game last night? What were your thoughts for, for next week? For next week, yeah. I mean, the thing about the Giants is that um, we've talked a lot about Love uh, and he has really, you know, I think started to, to come into his own. And actually, I think um, there was a stat uh, it was out last week. I think uh, Jordan Love's first 11 starts, he's got, he had identical stats to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in his uh, his career, uh, and obviously look how how that panned out. Um, but I guess the, the one that I think maybe not talk so much about is the I guess the Green Bay uh, defense because the the, the Giants um, as part of their mini renaissance. Admittedly, we're talking against the likes of the Commanders and the Patriots. Um, it's been the defense. It's been um, really kind of keeping them in the, the game. Uh, I mean, even they went to, to Buffalo and held them to, to 14. Um, so, you know, that's the, you know, the defense has been putting in performances that is with a, with a, an average offense is going to put you in a position to, to win um, most weeks. Um, the problem is um, how, how is, Tommy DeVito and his uh, his motley crew going to do uh, against the, the Green Bay uh, defense. So that that's probably the, the one thing that's actually weighing, weighing on me. Um, you know, I think um, yeah, I think we've actually seen you know flashes from from um, Wink Martindale's defense. Say that could definitely not. Um, I, I'm not going to come and you know shoot off and say they're going to shut shut down Jordan Love, but certainly slow them down. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's you know how how are you going to put points on the board uh, against uh, a Green Bay side that's uh, you know certainly limited Patrick Mahomes this week. Right. So do you know what this is? And I've, I've literally just written quickly found it. So so Liam, I'm going to put this to you. Through the first twelve starts, Rogers is plus thirty one in yards over Love. Love is plus two in touchdowns. Rogers' passer rating 91.2 to Love's 90.2. Surely, surely this is Aaron Rodgers' reborn. <laughs> this is Green Bay somehow with yet another Hall of Fame level quarterback. It just, it just, just took a bit of time to get, get an atmosphere. A bit of time just to, to dust them down and get them ready to play. If, if we go five and zero in the rest of the game, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, I think it's a bit early doors for that. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's it's encouraging. Obviously, obviously, it's encouraging. This is the season. You know, he's on. He restructured his deal. He's on a two-year, basically, kind of prove it deal. Um, and so, in the last three weeks, he's been proving it. So, I suppose 
that's great. Three weeks in, three or three weeks in a row, done it. It's obviously can he keep doing it? So, obviously, I'm really happy with Curry's where he's going, and really hopeful for the future. But I think it's it's still you're not going to crown another Hall of Fame quarterback quite yet. I think it's a bit, a bit early for that. The I I, I don't know. I, I want unabashed, unreasonable fan just backing <laughs> the man. Like and same as like Gav is fully confident that Tommy's middle name is actually Manning. Uh, <laughs> and he knows full well that this is him, franchise quarterback. I imagine Gav's sizing himself up for a DeVito tattoo. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just to commemorate the glory of the man. Um, right, okay, so it is interesting. Now, I'll tell you what, here's my one for you, Kev, on this. Are, are the Packers, the, are they a legitimate dark horse for some playoff success. I don't think it's fair to say, a, you know, like a deep run or anything like that. But are they a dark horse for a, for a, particularly after the start of the year that they've had? Are they a shout for a wee bit of a wee bit of playoff success just because it looks like they're heating up at the right time? I, I definitely think so. Um, I would say that uh, not only the, the fact that they've managed to turn the, the record around and got to where they're at right now, but looking at the, the three teams that they've beaten uh, this past three weeks, just just like Liam said there, it's um, if you can beat those those three teams, then you know you're you're clearly capable on your day beating anybody in the playoffs because you know that's that's three teams that that um, we would all expect to see in the postseason. So um, yeah, um, it's it's a young team. You know that this the start that they had to the season. Where you know, with a new starting quarterback and and you know a lot of young players and a lot of rookies in there, um, is probably understandable. But it's encouraging for them that that um, you know as the season's going on, they do seem to be getting better. Um, so um, I would say that um, you know if they continue on the trajectory that they're um, that they're going on, you know, um, so far this season, then you know who knows what what we could see for them in the um, in the postseason. Um, yeah. You've just got to hope that that they don't get uh, too kind of um, conscious of the position that they've that they've now put themselves in, um, because if they do, you know, manage to um, you know manage to make it to the the playoffs and suddenly stop and think, geez, you know, this is real, um, um, you know, then their bottles could crash. But uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, and they've got like that. Um, that fearlessness that comes with, with youth um, and <laughs> they manage to just carry on doing what they've been doing. I think that the record's only part of the story because, I mean, if you look at the standings in the NFC right now, it's very much kind of two tiers. You look, you get kind of the Eagles obviously still holding on to that one seed, and then you've got the, the Niners and the Lions, you know, not, not too far behind. And then there's a big uh, a big drop off. You've got a clutch of six and six teams, including the, the Falcons, albeit they, they're, you know, in division leaders. Um, but I think, like I say, it's only part of the story because form is a big, form and momentum is a big part of what. What comes in when when it comes to, to playoff time, um, and you know looking at that field, I, I've got to say it kind of it goes by the the matchups. I think you know Green Bay is obviously only just a, a week removed from beating the Lions. They've not had the best luck against the 49ers in the past. Um, yeah. So where they go um, in in a potential wild card round, 
um, I think that might, you know, be um, that that might kind of determine just how successful they are. But I mean, certainly, if you look at that clutch of six and six teams, you know, Green Bay has got a real exciting story to tell compared to some of the others who, yeah, they're they're, they're kind of in the mix for now, but are they really still going to be there in four weeks' time? Yeah. That's a good point you make, though, um, Gav, because as much as I'm saying, you know, if they get to the playoffs, then why can't they? But um, obviously Lambeau Field's a big factor, and if they do get to the playoffs, the chances are they won't be playing at Lambeau Field um, at any point. So... You know, maybe that maybe it will just be a bridge too far. Um, you know, once they reach there, but like I said, you never know. Um, as long as we, uh, as, as Gav said, as long as we avoid the Niners if we get in, because we, we always get trounced by the Niners. Right. Okay. Well, do you know what? So moving from like this kind of idea of form being everything and form being the big thing, and in the the Packers. Absolutely looking like they're, they're kind of heating up at the right time and all the rest of it. A team that looked like they were maybe cooling down at exactly the wrong time was the Detroit Lions. But they did bring it back this week, although not in as convincing a fashion as many would probably have projected against a, a pretty banged up uh, New Orleans Saints team and a team that, well, we all know what division the Saints play in and the less we talk about that, the better. Um, but it was our, our third game of the week. Uh, so it was the Lions uh, taking on the Saints. Uh, Gav, this was you want to have a look at because you didn't need to talk about the G-Men because you had the glory of winning by week. I so get, uh, tell three, us all about it, mate. This week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, the, you know, um, two great games already. This one, um, it should be said, still featured two teams very much in the playoff picture. Admittedly, the Saints only get in there because they're in the, the NFC South. Um, Wash your mouth out with soap, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, the, the Lions is very, very much back to winning ways. Maybe not convincingly, but um, I, I guess what's quite interesting is after the, the, the first couple, the last couple of weeks where they've, they've found themselves in a couple of holes against the Bears and also uh, the Packers where they, where they couldn't come back. Uh, this time they actually jumped out uh, a rapid lead. So they were 21 nothing up um, within just over five minutes uh, of this one. Um, so I think uh, just in terms of some of the big plays, you know, 70 yard opening drive, great start to the game. Very next play from scrimmage. David Carr's intercepted uh, and, and lines are set up nicely um, down near the, the red zone. And it's um, Sam Laporta who puts the, the lines 14 nothing up. Um, Laporta actually had an excellent game for the, the rookie. So that's not only his first 100-yard game of his career, but actually ended up with uh, 9 for 140. So yeah, big, big game out there. Uh, and yeah, just went from, from bad to worse for the, the Saints, really. Three and out followed and then Next play uh, or next next drive, it's uh, Amon Rasant Brown um, for the Lions, and yeah, out to three score lead. Uh, it's quite interesting though, because if you look at the stat lines between the the two quarterbacks for the, the day, so Goff was sixteen to twenty five for two thirteen, uh, David Carr seventeen to twenty two for for two twenty six yards, um, but the big difference is those turnovers. So we've already mentioned the the interception. Um, I think that Carr threw in his, his first pass of the day. But actually, when we get down into the, the fourth quarter and the, the Saints starting to build a, a comeback, outscored the, the Lions 14-3 to three in the third. 
Um, and, and then it's a, it's a fumble uh, just outside their own 20 uh, from David Carr, pretty much. Um, sorry, Derek Carr, I should say David, <laughs> David Carr's brother. Um, but yeah, it's a fumble, and then that basically set the, the, the lines up for their, you know, the, the kind of ceiling touchdown with, with Jameson Williams. Um, so I guess the, the lines, yeah, un- unconvincing, but certainly back to winning ways. Um, the Saints now, you know, there's a bit of a gap starting to, to open up between uh, themselves and the, the Falcons. You know, they're, they're now a game back, and I think the Falcons also got the, the tiebreaker over them. So, um, yeah, with a, an outstanding um, six and six records, it looks like um, Atlanta <laughs> definitely in the, the driving seat to, to host the playoff game. Now, I'm going to I'm going to take issue with one one point you made there. That was not a game-winning touchdown. Jameson Williams. That was a game-winning end-around, double-reverse Superman <laughs> touchdown. I will thank you very much. Feel like that? Come on now, that was one of the most entertaining touchdowns that I think I've seen in ages. It's not like it was like a bomb or anything, just because it was something that Browns tried to do a couple of weeks ago, but we feel really, really badly and took a massive loss of yardage on the play. But that is not the point. That was exceptionally entertaining football. That's why we watched it. Um, right. Is this, so I'll tell you what, so I'll put this one, Gav, Liam, I thought for the pair of yourselves, Gav, chuck me in as well. Are the, how, how legit are the Lions? We have seen the Lions through some good and bad now this year. We're at a point where we have seen them scalp a couple of teams, we have seen them go out to a really big lead, um, as they did in Sunday, then get clawed back, then get clawed back, but show a wee bit, a wee bit of grit and determination to, to hold on for it in the end. How legit, like how, how legit are they? Because we have had even people going as far as talking about a Lions Super Bowl party. How legit do we feel they are after watching them at the weekend? I think, I think the main thing for them, like they can put up, put, put up, yeah, sorry, I can't speak, uh, put up points. Um, every week, you know, every week they're going to like they've got the as you say, Sam Laporta has been a, a revelation and tight end this season. Obviously, Amara, they can put, they can. Put up a quick score and get out for a lead, or you know, quickly turn around. You know, I think you know the, the Bears game they had where they managed to, to sneak the win in the end. They, they managed to turn that around, but it just again seems to be their, their defense. They seem to have just got a bit leaky again. I suppose they started off not bad. Okay, look, the first that's way way back week one where they they beat, beat the Chiefs. You know, in in Obviously, it was a close game, but I think they're still going to be there thereabouts. It's just whether they can. I think they're just going to be in shootouts, like like they've been. I think that's been the lines the last couple of years, isn't it? Just kind of shootout football, and then can they keep up, keep the score, keep up with the scoring? They're yeah. always a fun team to watch, aren't they? But um... I say we like our fun, frisky teams on the yeah. on the review crew. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the that, that's the one thing that worries me. I mean, the, the, the Lions have got a three game lead. Uh, in, in the division at the moment. So I don't think, you know, as much as the, the Packers are, are definitely moving in the right direction, I don't think anyone's really expecting them to, to no, close think, that gap. Yeah, no, no, but no. I think what worries me is if you look at the, the Lions, um, the biggest win of the season has been by, by 18 points against the Panthers. So, you know, they're not, as much as they can have these bursts, whether it's jumping out to lead like they did in, in New Orleans, um, or it, it's you know mountain furious comebacks like they did against uh, the Bears. Um, yeah, they, they can score points, but they've not really dominated anybody. 
Uh, and I guess that's the the concern is when we look at the you know the fact that the standard is going to get higher um, once they get into the playoffs. And if they host a, a playoff game, um, you know you've got to think about the opposition because um, you, you, I see there's there's a couple of teams floating around there like the Packers um, who could definitely cause them trouble. We, we know can cause them trouble in a, a wild card game. Um, so, I, I mean, I think you know, with, with the, the NFC East, whoever ends up dropping to the wild card, the, the Lions should avoid them because uh, they'll probably get the, the gift of the, the NFC South teams. But yeah, I think that's what I would be worried about if I'm the Lions is, you know, potential rematch uh, against a, a peaking Packers side. Yeah, <clears throat> I think... Um... Talking about how legit they are, I, th- I think you know they're, they're, they're legit, good to watch. Um, they're, they're legit, entertaining. But um, for me, like you both said, the the facts are that whilst they do put up points, they ship a lot of points as well. And I think where they've really struggled is there have been occasions where um, their offense has just seemed to break. Um, you know the. Uh, they they can't they can't see me um, get the ball moving. They start throwing turnovers, and when that happens, it just seems to spiral. Um, and their defense just doesn't look capable of keeping them in games. Um, you know they're, they're winning games by virtue um, of putting up loads of points on offense. Um, and I think you know the, the the danger for them is when they play against the really good teams or a really good defense. Um, and their offense does start to struggle a wee bit. Um, they're not going to have enough. So I think it's great to see them, you know, in the position that they're in because they are good to watch. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll be they'll be good value in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think that they're like legit contenders to to win the Super Bowl because I think when it, when they come up against really good teams, um, you know, they'll, they'll just not have quite enough on on. The, you know both sides of the ball. The, what, what I enjoyed there was that Gav spent a couple of minutes fundamentally describing how the Lions were a team that just did enough, and then uh, Kev came in and rained all over uh, how a team that's just doing enough isn't going to get very far in the playoffs. You know, I, when Gav was saying that, I, I was almost I was ready to come in and say, "Listen, I'm not going to say anything against a team that's you know just doing enough," uh, because you know. Uh, when he says that you know their biggest margin of victory was eighteen points, um, don't don't check the, the the Eagles' biggest margin of victory because it's probably less. Um, so I, I, you know I'm not having a, a go at them specifically for that. Um, what I'm saying is the Eagles don't come out and put fifty points up every week and, and only win by eighteen. Um, you know we 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 only seem to you know to kind of raise our game when we need to. Uh, whereas for me it looks like the Lions are playing. You know, all out on offense all the time, um, and they have to because you know they they can't they can't rely on their defense to keep the the door shut at the other end. And I think it's I think that's really important because much as the the two turnovers um, were you know big difference maker at the weekend, um, it is fair to say that you know they were largely unforced errors by the Saints. Uh, you know, I think the, the interception they threw at the start of the game. Yeah, I mean, everyone says it's on David. Um, De- keep saying David Derek Carr, um, but uh, actually, that was a drop pass. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, the, the fumble, that, that's one that, you know, again, it's just ball, ball security. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you opportunistic make plays and you create the turnovers. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, the, the story coming away from that game certainly wasn't the, the Lions D by any stretch. And, you know, the, the real problems um, at points getting off the, the field. Yeah, yeah. I think like you alluded to, Kev. Like if they come up against, against a good defense, I suppose that's been seen this year when they've gone up against the Ravens, where they got absolutely torn apart. You know, it was what thirty-six yeah. or something like that. So you know, they just couldn't they had they couldn't get the ball moving on, on offense at all. So yeah. I suppose like you that. Plug, you can plug your guys as well in there if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be humble. <laughs> <laughs> Right, on, on the remarkable note of the Packers fan being humble, um, we are going to wind up the uh, <laughs> review of the week's games. Uh, now, I should say, folks, uh, if you hear any strange noises, no, it's not Kev finally realising that he's aging, just making weird noises. It's the fact that I've had to go and pick up my baby uh, because she was having a new cry. So we had to go and get her there just on cue. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so while I have got a co-host, uh, we are going to go through the week in the rear view. We've all danced this dance more than enough time, folks, to know how this goes. Kev, because I have fundamentally decided this week that I dislike you, uh, we are going to start with you, and we are going to start with Seattle-Dallas. Uh, and it was 41 to the Cowboys, 35 to the Seahawks. Give me it in one, sir. Um, broke my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Sea the, the Seahawks got my hopes up, but um, unfortunately, um, the Cowboys dashed them. Uh, see, I just like the idea that Kev thought about being witty, and I just went, "No, I'm just going to go with pure honesty." Moving on, uh, Liam. It was a bizarre classic. Uh, it was the Indianapolis Colts up against the Tennessee Titans. 31-28 to the Colts. Give us an alignment. Um, the highest paid holder in the league. Right. I mean, uh, Tannehill had to come in and hold the ball after you know being a um, after the well the whole the whole punting unit just like, got wrecked <laughs> wrecked around the yeah. So um, and folk and they missed missed the extra points to the lead at the very end and then they then lost it. Um, so yeah. You know, I do love that man notes holder. for this game. Uh, was Minshew Mania. Minshew Misery. Mania! I've said it before, I will say it again, I stand by. Gardner Minshew is simultaneously the best and worst quarterback in the league. He at no point in any time is a mediocre quarterback. He is either incredible or incredibly awful. Uh, I, right, think, on, I think Ireland's uh, adventure they're going to have to bring out a, a Gardner Minshew roller coaster. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair thing to do at this point. Um, well, on the notion of things that you could really use a roller coaster to help get you through, Gav, I'm so sorry. Uh, it was the LA Chargers <laughs> up against the finest of New England. It was a 6 0 game. Uh, did you even have a line? Oh, barely a dicker bird. Um, only points of the game. <laughs> only points of the game. Two field goals from from Cameron Dicker for the for the, the Chargers. Uh, six nothing win. I had to check. This didn't seem to be a, a snowstorm or anything. It was just uh, me- mediocrity. I would have said the Chargers won by a soccer score. <laughs> <laughs> So I, it was, it was, 
it was just an awful game. Um, truly <laughs> awful. Um, right, okay. Uh, one for me, uh, Denver, Houston. It was the the Texans taking it twenty two to seventeen. Um, let's let's ride CJ Stroud. But I'm I'm on both. I'm now officially on on Team Stroud. Although we have taken a tank, they've taken a bit of a tanking. The the loss of Tank Dell. I should trivial with that one. Uh, that's a big loss. Always thought to see good players get hurt. Um, and yeah, Tank Dell down for the rest of the year with a broken leg. Uh, so it's a bit of a heartbreak. Although I do question what he was doing breaking in that play. As I did discover at, during that play that I actually outweigh him, which that's terrifying. Um, because he comes in at 165 pounds. Uh, I don't outweigh him by much, but still. Um, right, okay, Kev, we're coming back to you, mate. It was the Falcons facing off against the Jets. It was 13 8. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, not much. I, I did catch a bit. Yeah, the Falcons, um, uh, the Falcons win a, a, a dull game, didn't they? It wasn't, it wasn't much, much, much worth commenting. Yeah, this one was not an instant classic, unfortunately. Uh, Liam, coming back to yourself, sir. Uh, your, your last one for these. Uh, it was the Cardinals up against the Steelers. It was twenty four ten in a in a eventful match. Yeah, it was um, a storm in a picket cup, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know, was it three, three, three stops or something like that, wasn't it? Um, or four, yeah. four stops? I can't remember, I lost count how many times they stopped. Um, and then, obviously, Pickett went down. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the old Steelers. It's, it is noteworthy that now Lamar is the only starting quarterback left in the AFC North. Don't best of QB2. <laughs> the Browns theoretically are on QB4. Um, right, Gav, coming to you for the final one. This was a big one. It was the Dolphins up against the Commanders. It was 45 to 15, mate. Give us it in one line. Oh, just off to the races. Tyreek Hill going 75 yards in the third play just really set the, the tone for um, yeah, another, um, maybe not a cricket score, but certainly getting up there from the from, from the Dolphins. Just a big day, and I think um, if we're keeping, uh, I think, continuing the, the, the 2K watch, I think he's on for 2,092 yards is what he's tracking for for this season. Yeah. So, not even the fact he's going to hit 2K, so he's going to hit 2K with a reasonable degree of comfort behind it. He might yeah. hit 2K with a game to spare, uh, which is wild. Well, you know, that would be interesting. So if he does hit 2K with a game to spare, it would put a lot of those um, the kind of naysayers to bed who say, oh, ah, it's easier now. You've got a 17 game season, blah, 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 blah. So that would be interesting. Uh, right, Kev, a final one for you. It was the mighty Carolina Panthers. Uh, squaring off against my beloved Baker and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it was 18-22 to the Bucs. Aye, uh, um, a hard-fought win for the Bucs. Uh, I had them on my coupon, so I was sweating it, but it was always well that ends well. Absolutely. Baker can always get the job done. You know that. Even when he's up against <laughs> such stout defensive units as Carolina's. Um, and then to round things off, it was the Cleveland Browns up against the LA Rams. My beloved Browns fell 19 points to 36. But Flacco does actually look like he still remembers how to play quarterback. Um, so I'm taking that as a bonus. They really only had one bad throw the whole game, and that one bad throw did kind of kill the game off. But that is not the point. It is Cleveland, and we are used to such adversity. Right. Okay, gents. We are going to move on. We are going to start to wind our week up with a cruise missile who crushed it. And then we get to see if the curse of the crew is live and we get to review the preview cruise fantasy studs. 
Uh, and we'll see how well the boys did with their projections or not, which puts us in a great position because it's dead easy to do the criticising. Much harder to do the projecting. Um, so, starting off, cruise missile of the week. I, I'm, I'm going to chuck my, my contender in for speaking of the man who apparently still remembers how to play quarterback. It was Joe Flacco airing it out to uh, to Elijah Moore, which you can find on the Twitter folks. Um, it was a great throw, and it was a great sideline catch from Moore. Uh, what about yourselves, guys? What uh, cruise missile candidates did we have this week? I'm going to go home a homer pick with, um, of of course, because uh, our, our crew member studs picked out as well. Uh, loves uh, to Dobbs t- uh, catch a fourth and one for 33 yards, falling backwards for a for a for a catch. Uh, I think I've, I mean I'm giving a bit of cheek because there's been a bit of chat in the background uh, about this from the the rest of the crew, but um, the uh, Cortland Sutton touchdown 45 yards from yep. uh, Russ Watson uh, against the Texans. Um, yeah, that was just perfectly thrown ball. Um, yeah, even in defeat, great highlight for the, the Broncos. Um, do you know what, Gav? I'm not just saying this, but that's exactly the one I was racking my brains trying to remember. Um, and I, honestly, just like last week, um, I remember watching it. I remember like seeing the, the, the throw and the, and the catch, but I could not for the life of me remember what game it was in or who the players were. Um, I think it's, I, I don't know if I've got a touch of the memory loss with the old COVID uh, that I had a couple of weeks back, but um, my memory's shocking right now, but that's that's the one that... That's your age, Kev, that's your age. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, oh, right, so what, what have we got? Give, give me a consensus vote, gentlemen. What do we think of, of our suggestions for Two's Missile of the Week? Who are we going to say was the big one? What do we reckon? Who's Who, who takes the win? I think we've got two votes for uh, Colton Sutton. Two of us have gone for Russell Wilson's um, throw to Sutton. So we've got one from Liam uh, for the Packers. So it would be... That's that's two two, two to one, and I'm going for (laughs) for Team Blackle, clearly. So that's a (laughs) two-vote It's a dangerous... Uh, he is a cruise missile winner of the week, even though his team lost, um, which is always an interesting thing to have. Uh, right, what about uh, one suggestion each, gentlemen, for who rushed it this week for you? Who was your big player that absolutely dominated this week? Who are you going for? Uh, Kev, I'm coming to you last. Uh, <laughs> Liam, is off, mate. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go for Montgomery. I just he just keeps getting an end zone. I know he didn't pick up put up the amount of yards he maybe has done in the past, but another another touchdown in another another week. Love to hear it. I say at the end of the day you can ask a lot more, or can you, Kev? Uh <laughs> yourself who do crush it for you this week. Hey, well, I'll maybe go away from some of the obvious ones, but I know um a lot's been made of um Tank Dell's injury, but um the great thing about the Texans is they, they always just seem to have, you know, one receiver that will step up. And this week it was Nico Collins going for 191 yards um, off of 12, 12 targets. Uh, in fact, none of the, you know, his next closest receiver in the Texans was uh, uh, Mr. Mechie with uh, one reception for nine yards. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Nico definitely uh, carrying the, the team this weekend. 
Right, that's it. and you know, as somebody who started Noah Brown in one of his fantasy teams, I am well aware that there was very other, <laughs> there very few shares in that passing attack going. Um, Kev, Kev, you you pick him, or I'm going to pick him. I was going, I, I was going to allow you to go first, and then, and then, um, I mean, I've I've got honourable shout outs to a few players, but it's got to be Debo. <laughs> it's got to be Debo, unfortunately. I he he put on a masterclass against us. Um outstanding week against what was supposed to be one of the better defences in the league. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I am one hundred percent backing Kev here. As I said, if he didn't pick him, I was gonna pick him. Debo, like it's just that it's an I don't know. I don't want to say it's an embarrassing stat line. That's not really fair. Um, but at the end of the day, he did put up 116 yards through the air with two touchdowns and 22 yards on the ground with a touchdown as well. He pulled out a hat trick. You really can't ask a lot more uh, out, out of anybody on the field than that. Um, right, okay, guys. So that, that wraps up our... Uh, I've crushed it for the week now. Gav, you are the man who has done the legwork for this one, so I'm going to allow you to be the bearer of... I'm not going to preface this with good news or bad news. The bearer of news for the preview crew and their attempts at projecting the, the fantasy studs of the week. So take us through it. How, how did the boys get on, Gav? Hey, I don't think we did too badly. Um, I think, um, you know, everyone... Um... I think all of our, our players had had reasonable performances, so I think we'll maybe kind of work from the, the bottom up and save the, the best for last. So we had for kicker uh, with Sanders from the, the Dolphins with a, a respectful, uh, respectable ten points uh, coming in there. Um, and, and just for clarity, this is the the sleeper league that the crew uses. Other port scoring systems are available out there. Uh, uh, I think you were trying to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and for the uh, defence, uh, we had the, the Dolphins, D, who pulled in a, a healthy 13 points. Um, I, I guess fantasy-wise, you know, um, our, our team's early is very strict, so even 15 points uh, conceded to the, the commanders isn't going to get you uh, big uh, big scores. Uh, for tight end, we had uh, George Kittle, uh, who, I mean, Certainly, again, respectable day, 10.8 points. Uh, it was the, the seventh tight end overall for the, the weekend, uh, going four for 68. Um, but I guess the big thing for Kittle is, of course, that win. Sorry, Kev. Uh, <laughs> 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 receiver, uh, so with Cortland Sutton from the Broncos uh, with 15.7 points. Uh, so he's the 17th receiver overall. Uh, and uh, seven for 77 yards, one touchdown stat line. Um, so, yeah, decent decent day there. Um, running back, um, we had uh, Raheem Moster, who logged 12.1 points. But I guess the, the one thing I would say is with the, the Dolphins having so many weapons, uh, he was eclipsed by uh, Devon uh, Achain with 25 points. So, um, yeah, uh, Good, good day, but definitely, uh, yeah, a running back by committee job uh, for for the Dolphins this weekend. Um, but I think big shout out goes to our, our call on uh, Dak Prescott. 
at quarterback. So he was QB3 uh, for this week, uh, 28.2 points uh, against the, the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, big shootout uh, to, to open the week on Thursday night. Now, it's worth adding. The boys are quite good. That's, that's, that's not bad going. I mean, most, most of those players, okay, you maybe you may want a bit. Well, 10 points at your tight end's no bad. Even Kittle's no bad. Um, it is worth saying that the boys were complete bottle merchants over their running back choice. And we actually just put most of it in uh, when we put it on <laughs> on X because we had to put some in. Because what they actually projected was just whichever Miami running back gets the ball more. Um, which, I mean, it's technically correct. But it's the absolute bottle merchants we are doing it. Um, right, okay. Uh, thank you very much for that one, Gav. Kev, we are going to come to you, mate, for our, as always, closing segment of the pod. You are sat on our statistic of the week, sir. Okay, so this week, <clears throat> a player uh, went for a 1,000 receiving yards in a season for the 10th season in a row which is a, a record, first time it's ever been done, and that was Mike Evans, um, Tampa Bay Bucks. Congratulations, Mike. There's a reasonable chance there's a gold jacket in that man's future in a, in a bust in the uh, the old football hall of fame. And do you know what? He owes it all to Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's something we've actually got to, you know, kind of give, give um, credit to because, um, you know, we, we've talked, several times in the, the pod about um, longevity at the, the running back position. Um, but to be fair, I mean, it could be any position in the league. Um, you know, Calvin Johnson, Megatron went into the, the Hall of Fame having only played nine nine seasons. So, um, yeah, for, for Evans to, to keep that up for, for a decade, you know, is fantastic. Yeah. It's just because he's in a contract. He's just putting up points again. That's all it is. Or yards. <laughs> <laughs> Was that was that was that the words of a of a of a Mike Evans fantasy owner there, Liam? No, thanks. No, sadly not. I wish I had. Oh, oh sorry, I missed him. <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I thought that was the, the glory of yes, and I, I'm delighted. I, I, I wish I, I wish that could be true. <laughs> I, I traded him away in one of my leagues, and I'm still regretting it. I traded him away about six seven weeks ago, and I'm still it still hurts. I don't know why I did it. Well, so. <laughs> right. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the pod tonight, gentlemen. Now, thank you very much uh, for listening, folks. Um, that brings, well, I, I, I always say this, I always got to say, that brings the week to a close. Forgetting that we're recording on Monday night and uh, we're still at Monday night football to look forward to. Um, so, yes, we do. We have got the, and I'm actually in remember, trying to remember who's in Monday night football, other than the fact that it's the Bengals. Uh, Bengals, <laughs> Jack. The Bengals against the Jags tonight. Um, so we've got one more game to look forward to this week. Then we do draw week 13 to a close. Now, remember, folks, um, week 14 starts on Thursday. Not with Thursday Night Football, but with the Gridiron Crew Preview Crew. So make sure you tune in to the guys to get yourself set up for week 14. And that, for most people, will be the end of the regular season in your fantasy leagues. And it will be then the build-up to play off fantasy football, which I know is something that some of us look forward to more than others. So there's a couple of boys in the crew here that maybe aren't looking forward to it as much as we should. Um, but it is the end of that particular aspect of the football year. Now remember, as always, you can get in touch with the crew on X at Crew. You can find us on Insta, grid underscore iron underscore crew. Stick Gridiron Crew into YouTube. Stick it into wherever you get your podcasts. 
Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and give us a comment. Give us some of your chat. What are your thoughts about the game or the games that have been going on over every weekend? We are getting into the business end of the season, folks. It's starting to heat up for everybody that likes a team that doesn't rhyme with antles. Um, so with that, I will say thank you very much, and I will say good night, Kev. Thank you very much for joining me tonight, mate. Pleasure. Gav, thank you very much for joining me as well, mate. Now you get to watch Tommy DeVito ride again next week to your joy. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. And, and last, but by no means least, there is no way that you could let this man's voice grate on you because he is living on cloud nine this week. Liam, thank you very much, mate. Oh, thank you. I think I'm off to watch the, the replay again. I think another watch. <laughs> Do good. <laughs> Liam's, Liam, Liam's off to have some, some special alone time with the high Um <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. And until next time, we have been the review crew and we will catch you next week.